The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. The time take everything from me but that presence is key for me it's it's the signal it's the word go it's the it's the step it's the it's the assurance it's the thing that makes me look at something that does not look like it and see what's beyond it it's the presence of God. It's the presence of Jesus. It's the difference maker. It's the game changer. It's the thing that, that separates everything. That makes you stand out. That makes you stand in a place where other people are seeing something and you are seeing a different thing. It's the game changer. It's the presence of God. So that's signal for me. Anything I'm doing, when I sense that presence, it's signal for me. It's, it's key. That is what tells me, yes, it's time. That's what tells me when to move, how to move. It's very key. And I, I want you to, to learn from that, to, to see God's presence as signal. There are many things that point to the presence of God. There are many things, just keep playing. There are many things that, that point to his presence. There are many things that, that serves as, as a signal, as a pointer that this is God moving in this direction. This is God moving in, the, in that direction. Glory to God. Today, 
is the 4th of November. And I was sharing in the training that November for us in the ministry is the month of the supernatural. It's month of, we call it the supernatural lifestyle. And in that month, it's like a guidance. It's something that guides us through the month. It's not that um, we don't know exactly what to teach or what to preach, but in the, in the ministry globally everywhere, if you go to the London church, if you go to Abuja, go to Chicago church, go to uh, the church in Canada, and all the Kingsway churches all around this month, they're focusing on the supernatural. And they're trusting that whatever God wants to say to the ministry, in each of these installations, through the message of the supernatural, that will be communicated. So, I, 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 I spent some time to, to seek God's face and, and ask God. Because the thing for me is, I like every time, when I'm praying in my closet, I hear God. And God tells me things afresh. He tells me new things. So when I come to church, I expect that, the words that you will hear will also be new. That God will speak to you as well. Okay? So when I'm, when I'm in my closet, I'm praying and preparing and I'm planning and thinking that God, what do you want to say? Because God will not come down by himself to say or speak. He will send a word. He will send, he will send someone. Okay? And then God, God, God told me a few things. One, two, three. Three things here. I'm going to just mention them. The first one, it says... The Bible is not read for recall. And I'll tell you why he mentioned these three things. He said, these three things, there are people that are going to be here that need to hear these three things. The first one, he says, the Bible is not for recall. It's for response. You don't read the Bible to remember. You read it to respond. When you read the Bible, you may forget everything that you've read. It's okay. You can read it today and don't remember Jack. You can read it today and don't remember anything at all. You can read it right now and then you've forgotten everything that you've read. But what God is saying is, the Bible is not meant to be read to remember. It's meant to be read to respond. So when you stand in a situation and you don't remember the scripture, you don't know the scripture to say, but you know how to respond. Your response can be in action. Your response can be in a demonstration of faith. It could be your response. You may not remember the scripture. For example, you get you get you get you get into a place and then all of a sudden they say they're shooting they're shooting they're shooting you may not remember any scripture at that time but your response should be founded on scripture you get what i'm saying the way you respond in that situation should be scripturally based you may not remember a scripture tell me which verse and chapter did Jesus quote? He said, is it not written in the scriptures? He said, have you not heard? He mentioned those things. When the Bible is broken down to verses and chapters, it's broken down for us to understand over time. That's not how it was written. Okay? So when we read the Bible now, you read the Bible, absorb it. Let it get into your spirit. So that in in any situation or circumstance you find yourself if you can remember a scripture fine if you cannot remember a scripture you respond to that situation your response can come in your action your response can come in words your response can come in the things that you say for example someone comes to you and then gives you a negative report you may not remember the scripture that says the thoughts that he has for me they are good and none of evil. But when you get that ne negative report, are you sad? Are you depressed? Are you downcast? Do you bow your head over and say, we are the masses. This is where we are. Or you stand up straight. I don't care what the report says. 
know who I am. That I know who I am alone did not carry any scripture attached to it, but it carries something behind it. A knowing, like they say, a knowing in your knower that you know that that situation or that circumstance does not pertain to you. That's one. So when you read scriptures, you're not reading to remember. Don't try read to read to remember. If you've been in that category, get out of it today. Don't read the Bible to remember. When it matters, the response will come. When it matters, the response will come. It may not come by you quoting the scripture, but it will come either from a response or a posture or the way you comport yourself in that circumstance. It will show that there is scripture inside of you. Alright? The second one. Jesus is not a comforter in the storm. I know they tell us when we're going through a storm, Jesus will comfort you in the storm. Have you read your Bible? Have you seen any storm that Jesus was in that he started comforting them? When the storm rose and Jesus was in the sea, what happened? He got up and did what? He rebuked the storm. So when you are in a storm, you are in a tight situation. It's looking like it's not what you planned. Jesus is not going to comfort you in that situation. What he will do is that the Holy Ghost will bring comfort. But what Jesus will do is that he will empower you to speak and rebuke to that, rebuke that situation. Glory to God. So when you get to a storm, what happens? Jesus rebukes the storm. Okay? Whatever the situation is, it's looking bleak. It's looking like it's not like it. It's not, it's not looking like you planned. It's not what you envisage. It's not, it's not the agreement. Okay? Jesus rebukes the storm. Okay? Then the third one, God never makes a mistake. We do. Even at that, our mistakes don't affect his plans. Anytime we align immediately, our mistakes take a positive path and ends up working for our good. God, don't, God does not make mistakes. We are the ones that make mistakes. But any mistake we make, it does not align with God. Our mistakes are here. The things that we've, 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 we've heard in are here. When it comes to God and we take that mistake and align with God, from that moment you align, God begins from that moment. He doesn't need to go back to correct your errors or your mistake. He begins from that moment to align you properly such that at the end of the day, you and I begin to think that our mistake was part of his plan before. He doesn't make mistakes. We do. He doesn't make mistakes. We do. So those three things, I trust you've taken note of that. Glory to God. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I'm talking this morning about the, sec the cycle of life under the supernatural lifestyle series the cycle of life John chapter 10 the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 14 I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. That which is has already been. And what is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. The way... God designed all of us, the way God planned us, the way God um, programmed us is such that we're not designed to attain to the supernatural. This is what I mean. 
you and I right now, we pray, we fast, we spend time studying God's Word. We do all these things in a bid to get into some spiritual, supernatural state. Such that in that state, we find comfort. In that state, we find solace. In that state, we find happiness. We do all that. And then when we come to church, when we don't do those things, somewhere at the back of our mind, we feel we are not yet spiritual enough or we've not attained to some supernatural level or some supernatural state. So to us, those things are a measure of how spiritual we are. They are a measure of how of our supernatural um, um, longing, our supernatural yearning. So you find somebody who doesn't do all those things, who is not in that space, who is not involved with all those things, and we say the person is not spiritual. But in reality, you and I were not designed to attain to the supernatural. We are supernatural. The way God created us from the beginning, He created us supernatural. So we were not designed to attain to that state. Look at what it says in Ecclesiastes. It says, whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men shall fear before him. That which is has already been. And what is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. So this is God who has done something before. So imagine when he created Adam. When Adam came into the sea. The state Adam was, was a supernatural state. The state Adam was, was a spiritual state. The state Adam was, did not um, require him to attain to the supernatural again. But what happened? Sin came, man fell, and man lost something. Man lost the glory, man lost the presence, man lost the power of God at the time. So, from that moment, the strive to attain supernatural state, the, try, the strive to attain, the quest to attain, to get to a height where you now say that I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, I'm supernatural, I'm, I'm enjoying something that is above the natural, now started happening. So you and I began to do all the things that we're doing so that we can attain that supernatural state. But in the beginning, it was not so. Now, guess what? Jesus came now. And John 10, 10 says that I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And then the Bible tells us that we are no longer after the similitude of the last Adam. We are now after the image of the, uh, sorry, of the first Adam. We are now after the image of the last Adam, which is Christ Jesus. So when I begin to trace my genealogy, why should I trace my genealogy to Adam? When Jesus came after Adam, and the Bible says that I should no longer trace it to Adam, but I should trace it to Jesus. So, where I start from right now is no longer Adam, but who? But Christ. That's where I start from. So, the supernatural, you recognize that it now it's your heritage, it's your foundation. It's the starting point. It's the beginning. It's no longer Adam. It's now Jesus. Jesus now becomes the center of attraction. Jesus now becomes the focus. The state Jesus is right now. Because he said, as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. So the state he is right now is where we are. So we're no longer looking to Adam. We're no longer looking to the fall. The fallen man. We're now looking to Jesus. Who is the perfection of perfection? There is no other perfect other than him. There is no other perfect than him. Nothing is more perfect than Christ. So Christ now becomes for us the center. He becomes the one that we look at. He becomes the foundation. Because that's the plan of God from the onset. So this life. This life that Christ has promised us. This life, 
I call it the cycle of life. C-Y-C-L-E. The cycle of life. This life that Christ has promised us. It revolves around three things. Three processes. That's where life forms. That's where we live. That's where we come alive. That's where everything comes alive. That's where we live. That's where we, that's where we, 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 we function. That's where things happen. That's our energy. That's our strength. That's where we live. I, I, I was sharing in the, in, the, uh, in the training. How that if I wake up at 2 a.m. And I'm praying from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Naturally. The natural order and tendency of life. Is that when I pray from 2 to 6. And I'm supposed to be at the office at 7. I should be tired. But because I'm engaging the supernatural. Because I'm functioning in a higher realm. I receive strength. So that my body is now running and functioning from the energy of the spirit no longer the energy of the flesh that is what happens when you stay in God's presence so when you stay under the presence of the Holy Spirit stay under the atmosphere of faith stay under the atmosphere of the supernatural what happens is that your body begins to take the form how do I know Jesus called three, three people Peter, James and John and he said come with me I need to show you something and then they came with him and then he went to the man of transfiguration and stood there and then the Bible says that right there before their very eyes he transfigured are you trying to tell me that God is just doing a show and he's telling people come I want to do a show like people do magic and say I want to um, levitate and stuff like that no he was showing them that there's a place you get to in the supernatural and the spirit that your body begins to feed off your spirit your body begins to take energy and strength from the spirit and functions like that. That's why sickness cannot stay, disease cannot stay. So Paul stood there and then um, a viper bit him and then he shook it off. And then he said to him, oh, this man is but a dead man. But he shook it off and nothing happened to him. Why? Because his body is taking energy from the spirit. I don't know if you get that. So when Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. What he's saying is that I have come to be your supernatural life. That when you look at me and observe me and focus on me. And the Bible says that as we look, we behold. As we behold, we become. As we look and behold, we become. We are becoming what? Him. So he is the foundation of the life that we ought to live. And that life, he has already attained that supernatural state. Get it? So there is nothing you do that should now bring you to attain all you need to do look at him observe him watch him copy him then over time you become like him you become like him so he becomes your foundation he becomes the energy of your flesh the energy of your body what does the bible says it says that walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh the Bible did not tell you to try to fight the flesh. It says walk in the spirit. Why? Because the supernatural, the spirit life supersedes the natural. So your energy required in the natural should not be found in the natural. It is found in the spirit. So when you want to dominate the natural, do not do what they do in natural. Engage the spirit you will dominate the natural. That's the law. So if the world is doing X, Y, Z, you forget the world. Focus on the spirit. Because you are supernatural. That's where you are already. So you engage the spirit. And in engaging the spirit, you dominate the natural. When I come out of my prayer closet at 6 a.m. And I probably have been there from 2 a.m. I come out at 6. There's certain things I don't bother about. There's certain things I don't, I don't disturb myself about. I find out that they work naturally. I have supernatural strength to function. Certain I just go certain places and things are just there when I need them, when I want them. It functions like that. Why? Because I have engaged the supernatural. I've engaged the spirit to function and to work just the way Christ wants it. Just the way God wants it. So you and I have been called to that kind of life. As a believer, as a child of God, there is no other place that God desires for you to be than that place. So your quest and every day when you get in God's presence is to ensure that you are in sync with God all the time. 
and that the way you function, the way you live, the way you move, the way, the, the way you go about your things is governed by that life. That life becomes the foundation of your breathing. It becomes the foundation upon which you do everything. I call it the cycle of life. So once we complete the cycle, we begin another journey. So it's a cycle. It goes round and round. It goes round and round. It's a cycle. It goes round and round. And everything is centered around Christ. Everything is centered around Christ. It goes round and round. In Christ, everything, everything, it goes round and round. So everywhere we need or expect life to form must go through the cycle till life shows up. Everywhere you need life to come. Everywhere you need life to show up. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. I am that life. And he's not going to give you that life. He is that life. Get it? He's not going to give it to you. He is that life. So the only way you, you partake of that life is that you look at him, you become him. You keep your gaze at him. You keep your focus at him. You keep everything at him. When you're spending time to pray, you are there in his presence and all you want is such that that life will come out of you. It will show up on your job, show up in your business, your family, show up everywhere around you. That everywhere you go and you step in and people look at you, they question who you are because they know you carry something that is, that is, that is questioning their curiosity. They want to know because you are different. You talk differently. You act differently. The aura around you is different. The presence around you is different. There is something because you are beholding Christ. Because you are beholding Christ. So I wrote down in my note that there are three processes you go through to manifest in the supernatural. Three processes. When God wants to manifest the supernatural through you, when God wants the supernatural to flow through you, to come through you, there are three things that I've, I've observed, I've, I've, I've watched my own life, I have worked with God for a while and seen how God brings me into the realm of the supernatural and you know opens me up to the supernatural allows me to enjoy that atmosphere allows me to to, 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 to see things beyond the natural allows me to, to embrace the reality of the natural three things the first one is the offering the offering when I talk about the offering I'm not talking about money I'm talking about the offering the offer the offer the offering, what you bring to the table, what you spread before God and the best offering you could ever give God is yourself the best offering you could ever give him is yourself, he doesn't desire silver or gold he doesn't desire all those things the best offering is yourself so when you offer yourself to him it takes you. Now this is where the Holy Spirit gives you a talk. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings you to the presence of God. He's the one that woos you. Like, like a, a guy will go to a lady and begin to, to talk and, and rap with her and say this and say that. You know, and, and, and say I'm interested in you. I like you. And say sweet words and stuff like that. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes to us like that and begins to woo us and begins to bring things to us that makes that makes God and Jesus look interesting that makes Christianity look desirable and is wooing us and bringing us why? so that we can offer ourselves Paul puts it this way he said I'm seeking the God who sought after me it's like um, God, God got a hold of of, 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 um, of Saul who later became Paul so God was the one who went about looking for him found him laid hold on him pulled him out of the mud got him saved he stood there and then as if God now turned his back and then Paul now began to chase after God so Paul put it this way that I'm seeking the God who sought after me I'm pursuing the one who found me first. 
I'm chasing after him. He said that I may lay hold on him. Why? Because when God finds you, he finds you so that you can lay yourself. I mean, think about it. God was the one who said to Abraham, I will make you the father of nations. And then he, when Abraham had Isaac, God now said, lay him down. Lay him down. But Abraham knew that how would I become the father of many nations if the one that is supposed to be my heir is offered? How? But anyway, he obeyed. He obeyed. Now the principle there is not in Isaac or in Abraham. The principle there is Jesus. The principle there is Jesus. So the one offering that God desires more than anything before any other thing is yourself. Is yourself. Is yourself. That's the one offering that He desires. So the Holy Spirit takes that position, takes that that stand, and begins to pull you to the presence of God, and begins to pull you to God's presence. Sends people to preach to you. Send a word your way. Send a message to you. Even even um, talks to you in your heart. He begins to woo you. Begins to pull you. Here he creates circumstances and scenarios that will bring you to a place where you offer yourself to him. A place where you come to yourself. Just like the, the like the um, this guy that doesn't have a name. No, the prodigal son. Glory to God. The Bible says he came to himself. So what God does most times is that he, he situations and scenarios, life happens to you, and you get to a point where you come to yourself. You realize in yourself. And that guy came to himself and said, In my father's house, in my father's house. Even the servants eat better food. In my father's house. He came to himself. Question. Has his father's house not always been there? It's always been there. Since the day he left, the father's house has always been there. But he came to himself. So you and I get to a point in our life where we come to ourselves. And God sometimes allows us and leaves us so that we come to ourselves we come to the end of ourselves Catherine Coomer before she died she, 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 she gave a story and said that at one point in her life the lowest point of her life she said God if you can use anything use me I've come to the end of myself I've come to the end of it all if there's anything you can use now this is all I've got. If you can still use this broken, messed up person, then here I am. Use me. At that point, God took a hold of her and her ministry changed from that. That's why you and I can hear of Katrin Kuba today. So the first thing that God really desires is the offering of yourself. The offering of yourself. So the Holy Spirit is that one that 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 brings you to that presence. Anything the Holy Spirit does not engage in, you cannot be effective in it. Anything, even if it's prayer. If the Holy Spirit does not, is not in that prayer you're praying, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. You are just making noise and making noise and making noise. Did your life be there for three, four, five, six, seven hours? Once the Holy Spirit is not there, brooding over it it's just noise but this guess what the Holy Spirit calls you as you are he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't prepare you he doesn't sorry he doesn't wait for you to be prepared he calls you he's the one that will prepare you he's the one that will bring you to the presence of God so even when we come to church sometimes we say Holy Spirit now we've come to God's presence or some people say, um, God, I, I, I'm going into your presence now. <laughs> Sorry, you can't just go. 
presence. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings you in. He's the one that pulls you into the inner sanctuary of the Father. He's the one that pulls you. He's the one that draws you. He pulls you closer. He pulls you closer. You start out. You start out by yourself. You're praying. You're there. And you're just worshiping. You're worshiping or singing songs and psalms and hymns and exalting Him. It's not by calling God many names. No. But you are there offering yourself. Offering yourself. Laying yourself down. Discarding everything. Blocking up every sound and everything. And offering yourself as a sacrifice. It says, a body have you prepared for me. Sacrifice and offerings you do not desire. But a body you have prepared. A body you have prepared. So the Holy Spirit takes you on that offer. And begins to pull you. Because he knows that it's in the inner sanctuary of God. That everything makes sense. So until he gets you there, nothing works. Until he gets you that ideas does not flow. Until he gets you into that place, nothing is functioning. So he does everything to get you there. Cut off the distraction. Cut off this and cut off that. And focus so that you can come in. And when you stay there, you probably, you probably might be there for, 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 for two, three hours. You think it's just five minutes. I remember Reverend George was saying one day he was home. He was praying and he was praying on a on a Thursday. He entered his prayer room, his room to pray on a Thursday about 7 p.m. 7 p.m. on a Thursday. Got into his 7 p.m. or there, but was, I guess it was a Thursday. So he entered and then he started praying. And then he came out of the, of the room and told somebody in the house, um, please, can you go and get me something um, in that store that is over there? And then the guy said, they would have closed. He said, ah, how can they close? Today is Thursday now. The guy said, ah, so sad. Today is Saturday. True life story. He said, ah, Saturday. I just entered to, to pray. Now, Thursday. He said, say you've been there since Thursday. To him, it was just like five minutes. Which prayer by yourself and make you do that. No. Unless the Holy Spirit pulls you. And when he pulls you like that, he pulls you for himself for a reason. So in the presence of God, it's like that some people think that ah when we get to heaven, eternity will be boring. It's because you are comparing it to the mindset of earth here. You're comparing it to the time you spend watching a movie. I say, ah, I'm already tired. Which other movie are they show you? No. That's 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 eternity for you. That's the presence of God for you. So the Holy Spirit is the one that pulls you. He pulls you closer and closer and closer. So that you be offered to Him. So He prompts us to the point of willingness. Because until we are willing, we cannot be offered. Until we are willing, we cannot be offered. Look through scriptures. Everyone that God used got to a point in their life that they had to be willing. God had to bring them to that point of willingness. So that they can be offered. God had to bring them to that point of willingness. So that they can be offered. Isaac wrestled with God. And then God got a hold of his heel. And he said, let me go. Let me go. And he said, no. He got a hold of, of, of the heel of the angel and said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. They got to that point of their life. Abraham himself got to that point. That it was just Isaac says okay if it means me offering Isaac then that's it every point in your life God will always bring you to a point where you will give up something so that he can take a hold of you for that to happen the super for the supernatural life to find expression that has to happen and it happens in phases it cannot just happen right now and then you say it has happened that's it. No. There are different phases of life that it will happen. Different phases of life that that will happen. So the offering is the first part. You have to be offered. You have to be offered. It's a sacrifice. We offer ourselves to God every time. Every time. And the Holy Spirit is the engine, is the energy that does that. He's the one that 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 um is is the is the is the part of the Godhead that has that energy to pull us into that space.
glory to God. Now the second one is the break-in. The break-in. The break-in is usually the most difficult part of our supernatural work. It's usually the most difficult. Many of us don't want to be broken. We'd rather not be broken. But the Bible says that unless a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it does what? It abides alone. It abides alone. So at every point of your life, there is the breaking. There is a point where God will break you and break you and bring you to your last. You, you will pray and it will look like they have like a, a glass, a thick six inch or, or so um, um, steel over your head and like nothing is going. You will fast, it will be like nothing is going. You will pray, it will be like nothing is going. You will give, it will be like nothing is going. At that point, check it. There's probably a break in somewhere. There's probably something God, want, God wants to break. So what happens when you are in that state of being broken? You stay there. You stay. You allow the breaking to happen. You allow it to happen. You allow it to happen. When, when you, if you see a potter that is trying to make something and it takes, takes something and then splashes it, you think that, oh, this mud is suffering. And then it pounds on the mud and pounds on the mud and pounds on the mud. Why? It will be smooth. It will be smooth. By the time he makes the pot and he molds that thing, everything will be perfect. So when you're, in, when, you, when you're in that state and you're being broken, whatever it is, many things can come around us to break us. Job had one. What did he do wrong? The only offense was that he was a just man. That was the crime he committed. And then God bragged about him. Say, have you seen my servant Job? That there is no one like him. And he said, is it not because you put a hedge around him? That was his breaking. So I submit to you, you don't have to do anything wrong to experience a breaking. It doesn't have to be like some people say, ah, why, am I, why is this thing happening to me? Ah, maybe it was something I did wrong. Ah, oh, I know, maybe because I didn't pay my tithe this month. Oh, ah, no, maybe. No, that's not all. Those are not all the things. A breaking can come at any time. Anything can engineer a breaking. But when you sense it and understand that this is a breaking, you stay there and you submit yourself. You lay flat down and say, God, I may not understand what's happening right now. I may not understand what's going on. But I submit to you. I lay myself down. I submit to you. I lay myself down. I lay myself down. I submit to you. Allow the breaking to happen. Allow him to do whatever he wants to do. Why? It's his life that he wants to bring out. If that life doesn't come out, you will leave some optimal of your design. If the life doesn't come out, you'll be reduced in your experience. If the life doesn't come out, you will not experience the things that you ought to experience that belongs to you. That belongs to you. Glory to God. So the breaking is that part. And that many people pass through this phase. They remain here. And sadly, some people even die at that place. They die in that broken state. Because they find out, oh God, it has taken so long. It has taken two years. It has taken three years. I've been waiting on you for this thing. It's two months now. It's three months now. Why has it not happened? But what did the Bible say in Ecclesiastes? It makes everything beautiful in its time. Everything. And why? Because he will not do anything again. He has done everything. And the Bible says that what was, what has been, will be. What was already is what will be. And God will have an account of what? The past, not the future. He will have an account of the past, not the future. So it has been. The breaking is meant to, to rid you of flesh. Remove yourself. 
get you out of the way so the blessing can rest on that which is completely and totally divine it's meant to rid you of the flesh to, to deliver you from you that's what the breaking is meant to do to save you from yourself to deliver you from yourself that's what the breaking is meant to do so that at that point you are lost in Christ you no longer see yourself what you now see is Christ at that point you will get results but until that breaking happens you are alone until the corner will fall to the ground and die it abides alone it abides alone you will think that oh God this is happening to me it's been for so long when but when you stay with that breaking and trust that the potter has you in his hands and he's making the clay smooth so that by the time he starts molding there will be no error there will be no error breaks you so he offers you you offer yourself then it breaks you so a yielded vessel to the core of his crooks that's what he wants you to become a yielded vessel and then lastly the blessing so when you've been offered and you've been broken and then the blessing the blessing comes for you to be a blessing you are not blessed for yourself your blessing is to be offered to others you are blessed for others not for yourself so when you've offered yourself and you've been broken and the blessing rests on you you now take a stake in life and a responsibility in the world that meets the needs of others so your life becomes the one that is lived for other people glory to God it becomes the one that is lived for other people so the manifestations and ex expressions of the blessing is so that others can partake of it so that others can be blessed we're not just here to watch you and clap for you and dance for you and, and sing for you and hail you and all that and celebrate you we are here so that everything that we celebrate that you represent will give us a reason to unlock who we are inside so that our genius also can emerge so I'm not here to just preach to you and then you say oh this pastor can preach no it's so that in my preaching the Christ in you can find expression the you design have relevance and find expression and find manifestation so that's the blessing so these three processes of offering breaking and the blessing is a continuous cycle throughout your walk with God and our quest for the supernatural it's a continuous cycle it's a cycle that goes on and on on and on on and on on and on in our quest for the supernatural in our walk with God it's a cycle that continues we are constantly and continuously being offered. We are constantly and continuously being broken. We are constantly and continuously experiencing and manifesting the blessing. Each time and every time. So it's a continuous effort. We never ever come to a point in our lives where we have offered everything. And we never ever come to a point in our life where we say, I have been broken completely. No. You've been broken. Some things have left you. But there are other things that still need to leave. Now let me submit to you this. Listen very carefully. When you walk with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit begins to, to show you things and give you new experiences, what really happens is that it's not like He's giving you new experiences. He is taking old layers so that you will see what is already there God is already there everything about God is there you are the one that is new in that equation the experience you are having the things you are seeing the revelations you are getting are not new they are already there you are the one that just arrived at that revelation you are the one that arrived at that newness you are the one that arrived at that new experience because God is a constant. He doesn't change. When you see a new part of God today, 
that is not when it came to be it has already been God just took a layer of you so that you can see so he broke you to a point where you can see and then when you are broken to that point and you can now see you not you, you cannot come and you cannot say to yourself that I have been broken now I can see clearly no a part of you have been broken you can now see a part of divinity there is another part of divinity you are not seeing yet that requires a part of you to be broken so what's the question there it is not divinity that is changing it is you that is changing so in a way God is taking off layers for you to see clearly he is not showing you new things it has always been there it has always been there so when we get in God's presence and we ask for more of him more of him this is exactly what's happening he's not really giving us more of him he's taking away from us so that we can see who he really is so we never come to the point in our lives where we have offered everything or be broken completely or be released in the fullness of the blessing we never come to that point say okay right now I come to a point where I'm blessed now no you are blessed to a level based on what has uh, been taken away from you one very famous famous um, um, I think is an artist a painter or so I think it's Picasso or so said that perfection is not when there is nothing more to add it's when there's nothing more to take away perfection is not when ah, there's nothing else to add no it's when there's nothing more to take away and you only arrive at that place in Christ Jesus I see you only arrive at that place in Christ Jesus you never arrive there by yourself for yourself you arrive there in Christ Jesus Christ Jesus is the only perfect constant it's only in him it says the prince of this world came to me and found nothing in me so it's only in him that there is perfection it's only in him that we have completeness only in him only in him we have perfection and completeness so it's a cycle so when we talk about the supernatural life when we talk about the lifestyle of the supernatural what are we talking about we're talking about the life of Christ we're talking about who Christ is what he represents who he is what he represents and then when we equate that lifestyle with our life we are taking up his nature. We are taking up his life. We are taking a part of him on us. So that in doing so, certain things of us will fall off. Glory to God. Have you been blessed this morning? The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org.